Welcome to another edition of Dimes and Dozens. Um, I am Claire, still a week later, <laughs> still me. And oh, I think wow. Tolliver is still Tolliver as well. Just barely. Just After your on. short deviation to being Kareem Abdul-Jafar for <laughs> Halloween. It was honestly the best day of my life. And my deviation to being Marty McFly, which I got to say, I watched um, Back to the Future on Halloween since I was dressed as Marty. Um, and I hadn't seen it since I was like a kid. Mm-hmm. I forgot the, how edible, not edible, <laughs> edible, like as an edifice. Oh, got it. Because I was like, okay, I'm That following. movie is. The yeah. whole movie is about how his mom wants to fuck him. Exactly. I mean, his mom doesn't know he's her son yeah but it's it's v awkward and i totally forgot i don't know how I, it's a huge part of the movie i don't know how i forgot that entire subplot but yeah. um for those of you who somehow haven't seen it he like gets sent back to the 50s from the 80s and he gets sent back to a time when his mom had not yet met his dad and she ends up getting a crush on him her son mm-hmm. who she doesn't know is her son from the future and it throws everything off of its axis because she's too distracted by him to like meet his dad and thus he would never be born if he doesn't fix it right yeah so that's like the essential plot but i totally forgot about it somehow about how central (laughs) to the plot it is that his mom wants to bang him and i couldn't help but think like you could have 100 percent executed this overall plot which is like this dude gets sent back in time he accidentally changes some things that change the course of the future and he needs to fix those and then find a way back to the present day which is like the the basic plot you could have totally done that without any of the incest like <laughs> yeah very easily <laughs> so that's, that's weird wild um, that they chose that i was thinking it when i saw your costume i was like oh yeah isn't that movie i was like doesn't that movie involve uh you know incest some, um, <laughs> Some incest. I don't know why I'm looking for a different word, but in- incest is the word I'm looking sometimes, for. Sometimes you know what it. You know. You just sometimes the word. a cigar is just a cigar, and sometimes just, it is not just a cigar. Sometimes it's incest. I don't know if our loyal uh, listeners know this about me, but you know I have spent a lot of time as a porn editor. And <laughs> oh my god, that th- is not where I thought that sentence was about to go. And I was so scared. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I'm like, I'm, yeah, incest. You're like, I don't know if our listeners know this about but me. I'm fucking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to finish that. Um, oh, my God. What a but, start to a podcast. So I'm just very desensitized to, you know, yeah, incest no. subplots. Right. That's, that's your bread and butter. That's how I pay my rent. As a porn editor. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. That's not how I pay my rent, so I'm not desensitized to it. <laughs> and I was appalled, I must yeah. say. Um, I mean, the only defense of it is that, like, she doesn't know that it's her kid from the future. And he does know and is horrified. So, yeah. like, it's not like he's down. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, like, the only defense. But it's still pretty – it's pretty egregious um, Freudian darkness in this very lighthearted <laughs> 80s romp. And, and I once just again, thought, why? Why? Yeah, why? exactly. Why? Why? <laughs> why? Um, big why. Also, big, like, how did it get through so many people at, like, a major studio without yeah. anyone being, like, maybe not so much with the incest, though. Um. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well. Anyways, happy and belated Welcome, everyone. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like kicking off your basketball podcast with a healthy dose of incest d- discourse. Yeah, that's I've, what everybody. That's what the people pay the big bucks to see. <laughs> I've heard that once. I've heard it a million times. <sighs> Reel them in with incest. Some, some some of these journalistic cliches are there for a reason, Tolliver. So. 
you know, he doesn't, who are we to question them? Um, um, but back to, back to basketball. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry to admit it is a kind of light NBA news week. Not a whole oh, lot going on. Um, but, but we do news. have a few things. We do have a few things to talk about, but yeah. it is sort of, it's sort of weird. Cause you know, going from the, you know, postseason to where everything is like so high drama, high intensity, like there's a new story every day to like, just basically talking about theorizing what's going to happen in free agency and talking about like coaching hires. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously a little anticlimactic, but there were some coaching hires this week mm-hmm. slash like front office hires. Um, Daryl Morey is going to be going to Philly, yes, yes. Um, but they, but they still have Elton Brand. Right. Exactly. So a lot of cooks in that kitchen. Mm-hmm. Not it sort of reminds me of like when the Rockets got Russell Westbrook and they kept James Harden, and right. it was like, wait, you have two ball dominant players. Like, how is how is this going to work when everybody who you're paying big bucks needs the ball in their hands? And I kind of feel that way. Not not to get super corny and use a Rockets analogy when talking about Daryl Morey, but like I kind of feel that way about Philly, right? Like, you've got Elton Brand who's like still has his title theoretically mm-hmm. and then daryl Morey, who like is also supposed to be there making big decisions and stuff and orchestrating things and it just seems kind of interesting to me i'm like i don't know how they're gonna that's a lot of cooks i uh i get big like um gm in name only vibes from elton you know right. what I'm like he's there and he's you know he gets to well, make but but daryl you know is the final say on everything tell that to like tobias harris and you know like the people that he's been like throwing enormous amounts of right. money at yeah i mean like I, I'm old enough, well, whatever, not like I'm a million years old, but um, Elton Brand, I remember when he was drafted by the Bulls. Wow. Like, That's like, big get off my lawn energy. You know what I'm saying? Her. Like, damn. And I remember being excited because he was, you know, he's a pretty good player. Mm-hmm. I remember being so excited for him. And then, you know, suddenly he's like a power GM. I did not see that it, coming. It seemed like he got in a little over his head because he didn't have, I think he had like one year of GMing experience in the G League before they mm. gave him the GM job in Philly. You know, he got maybe in a little over his head. He threw the bag at some guys that, like, I personally wouldn't have thrown the bag at. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's weird timing because it seemed like, okay, he was, like, a little underqualified for his position and he was sort of learning on the job and, like, had a ton of control. And then now all of a sudden you're finally becoming qualified at your job. Like, you're finally right. like, okay, I think I'm figuring this out. And they're like, oh, no worries, dude. Like, we've got Daryl Morey here to, like, in everything but in name, do your job for you. <laughs> and I feel like that would have been really helpful when he was brand new and super green and fucking things up and signing Tobias Harris. But like now it's sort of weird because it's like, OK, well, now he's finally figuring it out. But now he's not going to really have any aut- autonomy anymore. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm pretty excited for Philly, I guess. Um, Daryl Morey is nothing if not a very exciting person, you know. He's gonna yeah. Take a lot of risks. I mean, gonna... they have a lot of great talent now in the front office you know, like coaching staff and on their roster. I think Philly is just an interesting case because it's one of those things where it's like, is it going to be greater than the sum of its parts, you know? Because ultimately that is what makes a champion is like, it's not just one plus one plus one plus one, right? Like just because you have Doc Rivers, who's a really good coach, Daryl Morey, who's a really good GM, like how do these things make sense together in a recipe? That's like saying, okay, I'm going to make pizza and it's going to be awesome because I have $80 truffle oil and I have like, amazing um cheese but then i also have this really expensive like mustard that i got that i think is going to be awesome in here and i have this like 
crazy like Asian sesame hot sauce that was like imported from overseas. And it's like, yeah, those are all really impressive ingredients. But are these going to like work together? Mm -mm. You know, this is a weird pizza going on in Philly (laughs) is all I have to say. Yeah, that was you really got into that. Yeah. Sometimes you need a deep analogy, you know? Yeah. Deep dish. Deep dish analogy. No, wrong city. Chi-town. You're always, always riding for Chicago, nice even, even when we're talking in metaphor. Uh. Incredible. <laughs> um, another kind of interesting hire this week in a front office slash coaching staff, Mike D'Antoni took a job as an assistant coach yeah, in Brooklyn. That Why? was a curveball. I did I get, not see that coming. Yeah, I get Steve Nash or whatever, but I just... I don't know. For my pride, I couldn't do it. I'd be like, so I get it from like a day to day standpoint because you know he had a lot of pressure on him in Houston, and in some ways they sort of um, underdelivered in the sense that they never won a championship. But in some ways, I mean, really, they were on a pretty excellent level for years and years and years. So in that way, he sort of did do a good job. But I think the fact the things that they missed out on sort of overshadow mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. how well they did do. And so I can imagine that would be sort of exhausting year in, year out. And then you get this opportunity where it's like it seems like a a promising situation where it could end up in a championship. Um, I mean, I don't personally think so, but I could see why you would see it that way. You've got, you know, Steve Nash, who's like an old friend. Then you work, you know, you work well together and your job is pretty low pressure. Like I'm sure, you know. The Brooklyn Nets have deep pockets, so I'm sure he's getting paid well, but mm-hmm. it's it's a low-pressure job because it's not it doesn't ultimately fall on your shoulders, and that might be a nice break after what he went through in Houston. Right. I just don't I, – I saw more ego in D'Antoni than that. Like, I just didn't see yeah, him – Yeah, too. I didn't see him being willing to, like, play second fiddle or, like, third or fourth fiddle, really, because he's not even, like – yeah. That, that team sounds like a mess to me, honestly. Um, I don't I don't know. I do have like a, a weird thing cuz I just I don't like Kyrie like on a personal level. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't like his persona. I mean, like I've never met Kyrie, so I right, don't know what yeah. he's like in in, in the day to day and he might be like a delightful person to hang out with. Mm-hmm. But his his um the projection of himself, like what he portrays himself to be whether or not that's accurate. I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. You know, and I don't you know. know how real that is, but it's a choice. So it's sort of like, I don't like that choice, regardless of where it's coming from. Yeah. And so, yeah. And then like just Steve Nash and D'Antoni. I mean, that for me, that just screams like, all right, just do whatever you want to do, fellas. You know what I'm saying? Like, just give the ball to Kyrie. I mean, you know, we'll run you know, some that, pick and rolls, whatever, whatever. There was that like really, you know, um, contentious quote mm-hmm. from Kyrie when he was on Katie's podcast where he was like, Every day is a different coach. Some nights I'm going to be the coach. Some nights you're going to be the coach. Some nights Jock Bond's going to be the coach. Like, whatever. And everyone was sort of like, huh? And I'm sure Steve Nash was like, huh? <laughs> yeah. But like, but so, you know, that's sort of like the, that's where we're starting from. And then now you've got like, it sort of reminds me a little of what we were talking about with Philly. Like a lot of cooks in the kitchen. You've got like Jacques Vaughn, who was the head coach of the Nets, not, just got demoted. You know, he was like the interim head coach. Um, coming in with like a whole new regime with Steve Nash as like the head coach, right? And then you've got now Mike D'Antoni, who's also coming from being someone who was used to being a head coach, used to calling the shots, is sort of getting demoted, demoted himself, I guess, in a way by taking this job. Um, And then you've got two players in Katie and Kyrie who are also used to calling the shots, you know, also used to being deferred to. Um, used to being kind of player coaches in that way and like ha- being able to make big decisions. So, I mean, you know what, like Godspeed to Steve Nash. I think that hopefully he has, 
he seems to have and hopefully he does have sort of like Phil Jackson vibes where he'll just be able to like sensei his way out of this mess and like uh-huh. really just be able to have a true balance of like all of these egos and and, and opinions and make it sort of collaborative in, in an, a way that's efficient and productive. Um, but it seems like a um, he's a lot on his plate, I will say. I Yeah, I would be so anxious every day like you get you know it's it's a mm-hmm. very exciting time for you right you get this great head coaching job and you know for a team that right. could go deep in the playoffs very exciting whatever but oh my god the day-to-day headache of, the, yeah, of the managing anxiety. these egos of that and then and then worrying about you know katie's foot or whatever or you know. <laughs> and Kyrie's, yeah whatever uh, whatever it is at this moment <laughs> yeah exactly um yeah, well, and the other thing is, too, they have a lot of big decisions to make as far as, like, the roster goes before the season even starts, right? Because they have to decide if they're going to keep Spencer Dinwiddie. They have mm-hmm. to decide, you know, right now their roster has a lot of guys on it who who are used to having the ball in their hands because, you know, the whole appeal of the Brooklyn Nets when Kyrie signed with them, when, when KD signed with them, was that they were sort of – they weren't the Knicks, right? They weren't an embarrassment. They weren't mm-hmm. in the dumps. They were doing pretty well. They've been in the postseason the last few years running, um, especially back when, like, D'Angelo Russell was there. They had, you know, amazing team chemistry, really great, yeah. you know, locker room vibes and, like, great character and sort of, like, good – like, the team had a good brand, right? And it seemed like everything was sort of, like, a well-oiled machine over there. I mean, a lot of the players who contributed to making that appealing to someone like a Kyrie or a KD are on the chopping block now right? because yeah. now they're not – they're a little bit redundant, you know? Yeah. So finessing all that is also going to be super tricky, I think. Not only did they create this great culture for him, but then Kyrie shitted on them. <laughs> <laughs> I just shitted on him. He just shitted on him. He was like, yeah, we need some pieces. He's like, it's not enough. Me and, me and KD is, is so not rude. enough. I was like, wow. <laughs> I'm just like the things people choose to say to the media. The same people yeah. who are like, fuck the media, you can't trust exactly. the media are the players who are like, most of my co workers kind of suck though. You <laughs> yeah. know, like, I'm just like, if you don't trust the media, then stop giving them like these insane sound bites to run with. Like, <laughs> and I, I hate the, the phrase, you know, it was taken out of context because that. Never it doesn't really matter what sense. the context was for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. You kind of just don't do that. Like, even if the context is like, I totally believe in their growth and I think they have a lot of potential. I think they're going to go on to be great players somewhere else. They're just not quite the right fit for our organization at this exact moment. doesn't matter. It's still rude as hell. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's really no good no, context, no context for that. It doesn't exist. Um, the limit does not exist. <laughs> the limit does not exist. I was born on Mean Girls Day, so I have an affinity for that movie. Or uh, I mean, I, Mean Girls Day was named after my birthday because i came first but right i was thinking yeah um did i ever tell you that i skipped prom and went to see mean girls did i ever told you that i you didn't but that's very on brand for you yeah i was just like no i'm not gonna go i stayed at prom for an hour and then went to go start setting up our after party and we threw a rager hell yeah <laughs> it was really fun. sick i would love to um, go to a rager at some point in the next 20 years 20 25 years yeah i could yeah. see it yeah. Um, all right. So that's sort of like the that, that's your weekly update in uh hiring news. <laughs> um, but I saw a fun stat. I saw a fun stat today on the timeline and I it made me think of an interesting question. So I saw this stat, which is kind of incredible. That the Lake this year's Lakers, the 2019-2020 Lakers, are the only team to ever go undefeated when going into the fourth quarter with a lead. So they've mm-hmm. never they never once dropped a lead going into the fourth. Yeah. 57 and 0 um mm-hmm. when that was true. So that's pretty crazy. 
That's an, insane. That's an insane stat. That's um, insane. But it made me think, you know, on the alternate token, who are like the biggest chokers? Like what team do you think of when you think of going into the fourth of the lead and blowing it? Um, let's see. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, what I'm thinking of the big one is the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, uh, because... they kind of are the, are the new champions of that crown because of <laughs> yeah. that Denver series. Yeah. And they did it when it really mattered most. When it really mattered. That's like the ultimate choke. Yeah. yeah. Ultimate choke. My, uh, my one is, you know, I'm sorry, Minnesota, but like the Timberwolves to oh, me God. are like the kings of that. Because I remember when I w- was following them more regularly, it would be like, it would be like halfway through the fourth quarter and they'd be up by like 16 points. And I'd be like, <laughs> I want to feel comfortable, but I just know better. Yeah. And then sure enough, it'd be like, <laughs> be like Jim Peterson, who's like the, um, you know, like local uh, Fox sports affiliate mm-hmm. um, guy in, in Minneapolis. He'd be like, I mean, I, I can't really believe what I'm seeing right now. They were just up by 15 points and somehow with 30 seconds to go, did he just throw – did Jeff Teague just throw that out of bounds? Like how did he do that? Um, so I've heard, I've experienced a lot of those games. So I feel like as someone who has historically followed the Timberwolves, to me it's the Wolves. But the Clippers Absolutely. are coming for that crown for sure. If they have another season like this season, yeah, it's all theirs. You know what? I, I mean – I know we're talking about chokers, but I just want to briefly say I've always had a great time at Wolves games. I don't know why. I'm, I don't know, it's always just been a wonderful time. Minnesotans I think, are delightful. Yeah, exactly. The environment is really nice, and I think the stakes are pretty low, and so it's just like, I'm going to have a good time. Whatever. <laughs> Subtle shots fired. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the stakes are always low because it never makes it past the regular season. I felt that way. You know where I've always had a really great time? Um, at, at Phoenix Suns games in Phoenix. Oh, yeah. Interesting. So much fun. Like the energy is always like super hype and like they're a really fun team. And again, same kind of story, pretty low stakes <laughs> at the moment. Um, but yeah, so so you, you would go with Clippers for biggest chokers at the moment? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You don't you choked on such a big stage. Like Jesus Christ. <laughs> Ever since we were talking about the fact that you edit porn, now everything just sounds sexual to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I've been choked on a big stage, you know, hate to see it. You got to pay the rent. (laughs) (laughs) I digress. Um, So speaking of the biggest stage, there's been a lot of it's point of contention this week has been when is the NBA season going to come back? We talked about this a little bit last week. It seems like the owners really want to push for it to talking about a December 22nd start date, which is so crazy. Seven weeks after the finals. Yeah. insane for the two teams that played in the finals and also pretty insane for the teams that made it anywhere deep in the playoffs. Um, it looks like the players association is sort of more pushing for MLK day start date. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering which one you think is, we kind of both agree that we, we both yeah, need more MLK. Know. Yeah, you know? exactly. But I'm wondering which one you think is going to win out in the end. I mean, it, it, it seems like the, the, um, tea leaves feel like it's going to happen in December. Right. Um, Money but always wins, right? Exactly. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. But it, what a symbolic moment that would be, you know, starting the season on MLK Day, blah, blah. And I said, blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. Blah, starting blah, the season. Blah, starting the blah, season. blah. Like, historically overcoming like historically, blah, 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 like blah, blah, blah. oppression. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. <laughs> One of the most important figures in American history. Whatever, you know. blah, blah. <laughs> I want to sit in the front of the bus. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> yeah, no, it, incredibly important. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> so, I, you know, obviously I'd like to see that for that reason, um, especially because after... Um, That's an interesting Adam, point. Yeah. After Adam Silver essentially... Shit it on Black Lives Yeah, after Adam Silver was like, all right, we're not going to do that anymore. Sorry, everyone. Um, it would be nice to at least start the season <laughs> with black people in mind. Yeah. Before we just uh, yeah, that would be move cool. on. What a thought. <laughs> what a thought. Crazy. It's crazy. I mean, I just think it's amazing that the owners are like, are like, we want to start right now, and all the players are like, this seems insane, and then their retort is like, well, we own all your money, and exactly. we will hold it hostage if you don't start playing when we want you to. I'm like, yeah. this has really weird vibes to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not a player, so I can't speak to like but you how crush it makes a lot. them. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, I do cry too crush <laughs> a lot. That's actually so accurate. But so I can't speak to how it makes them feel. But just as like an, an objective observer, I'm like, this has really uncomfortable energy to me to Absolutely. be like, I have your money and there's nothing you can do about it. Play, play, Sheesh. boy. Get yeah. out there and play. I got like, it. We're getting it. Yeah, I'm picking it up. I, you're picking up what I'm putting down. I'm picking up what you're putting down. I see what you're saying. It makes me uncomfortable and I don't like it. But <laughs> <laughs> at all. Yeah. So I'm team like let these boys rest for fuck's yeah. sake. Yeah. Yeah. Give them a break. I don't. I love basketball. It makes my world go round. But I can. I can take a break. It's right. Fine. We've talked you know? about that. Exactly. Um. But it is funny though because I'm. I'm sort of like always like advocating like I'm a you know I'm player first. That's that's my attitude in any sport, you know, like fuck all the billionaires who own all the teams. I don't care about them. Like I'm always going to be like advocating for the players. But this weekend in particular was a really funny weekend to be like an NBA player apologist because I saw so many story Instagram stories and like photos and posts of NBA players and just like other peripheral celebrities at insane Halloween parties this weekend. Mm, right. And I was like, guys, guys please <laughs> we're in a in we're in like a spike of yeah. a deadly pandemic yeah they've literally like, just you been need like... to be on a rooftop in west hollywood right now is it necessary like could you just my favorite thing is when everyone's like well listen everyone was tested blah 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 and i'm like i i know that you have to lie about that for the sake of like your right. public image or whatever but I know that you're lying. It's true. It's <laughs> like, it, it, yeah, first of all, that's not true. But even if it was true, it's like, there's like, like I saw pictures from Kendall Jenner had a birthday party on the Harriet's rooftop, which shout out to Wozni Lambert because he used to throw pre COVID times, he used to throw um, a really fun monthly party there that I miss dearly. But, um, but yeah, and there was like a hundred people there, you know, and like, you know, yeah. Kyle Kuzma and Winnie Harlow, and like, I assume. Devin Booker was there because he dates Kendall Jenner. And it's like, do you guys need to get together in a group of 100 people right now? Like, can you just have your birthday, like a belated, like a half birthday party in the spring? Exactly. Like, I, come yeah, on, guys. I, I feel like, like America is just like, no, we're done. No, I feel like that, that I happened. I want what I want and I want it right now. <laughs> I feel like that happened in July. People were just like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. And- it's and it's the rich. I mean, it's it's. I'm sure it's a lot of people, but it's very rich people in particular. And yeah, I, they just refuse to care about what's happening to us peasants. <laughs> I've taken and, a couple Ubers where they were like, "Oh, I've been driving people to Hollywood party, like parties in the hills, like constantly." Yeah, no, I've heard a lot of. I mean, I'm not <laughs> like, gonna like Jesus. put people on blast, but I've definitely heard a lot of stories about like NBA players throwing like ragers at their mansions in the hills, yeah. and I'm like. It just makes me like when I'm spending like my free time being like, I think we need to advocate for their, 
you know, we're putting them at at risk of injury if we start the season too early and that's just really unfair to them and like yada yeah. yada yada and they're like meanwhile in the hollywood hills like, oops, oops. like yeah. <laughs> i'm just like come on guys stop yeah. making me look dumb like please yeah i i you know i try not to be holier than now a lot of times or whatever right. but when it comes to rich people or some shit i'm like i can shit on you like come yeah. on this is garbage well and it's just like what do you think that the those of us who aren't partying and going out like just are all just so happy with spending nine months in complete solitude and like a fucking monk. Like, no, yeah. this shit blows for everyone. <laughs> this like sucks. this sucks. I would way prefer to be at a party in the Hollywood Hills, yeah. but not at the risk of like literal lives. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be like, I don't care if people live or die. I need my vodka soda and I need it now. <laughs> Yeah, I you know I, journalism stuff. I used to always get these posh gigs where they'd be like, "Go to we go to WeHo, go to the, this party." So, you know, J.R. Yeah. Smith releasing a new line of whatever vodka or some shit, <laughs> and I lived for those. You know, cognac, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, con- absolutely cognac. You know, I'm a broke hoe, and so I get to show up to these events and like pretend right. like I'm rich or whatever, hang out with all these people, and it, like just front for one night, mm-hmm. and I miss that so much just that that, we that all, one we all miss so many things but it's just like we have the mental we're able to discern like priorities and be like okay i really miss this fun activity yeah. but also like hundreds of thousands of people are dying yeah so what's more important right now right this second and it's yeah. just like the inability to discern like like weighing two things it's like hmm in one hand i have a fun night in the other hand i have someone's actual life like tyra banks with with the photos on top model i only have two photos in my hand (laughs) one is the livelihood of everyone 55 and older in your entire neighborhood (laughs) two is getting a chance to dance to wop with a bunch of people on a rooftop in west hollywood yeah so whose photo do i have in my hand who goes home (laughs) <laughs> the old people bye yeah exactly yeah, yeah exactly good luck guys credits oh man we were rooting yeah. for you we were all rooting for you how yeah, dare what, you that's how i feel about devin booker i'm like devin booker we were rooting for you we were all rooting for you You guys went eight and oh in the bubble and now you're on private islands with kim kardashian and like partying on a fucking rooftop in west hollywood like must Ugh. you must you Ugh. <sighs> lucky so lucky. But um, speaking speaking of depressing and speaking of must you, actually, <laughs> um, something that I always forget how awful it is until it comes around every election season is like election Twitter. And it's just mm, like God. so terrible. But so I tweeted a very tongue in cheek series of tweets, right? Like if you follow me on Twitter, you understand that I'm, I'm rarely serious. I would say I'm serious like 20% of the time, but I'm mostly – you know, just talking shit about basketball or like joking or whatever. And while this is a genuine sentiment, it was like intended to be tongue in cheek. And so what I said was like, friendly reminder that I don't bang people who don't vote when they're eligible to. (laughs) So like, keep that in mind. And also Republicans are disqualified, but everyone already knows that. And someone responded to me and was like, was like, I think that as long as people vote, it doesn't like you can't really tell people who to vote for if you're just going to encourage them to vote. Like everyone votes for different reasons and like everyone has their blah, 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 blah. Shut up. And I was, yeah, basically that was my response. <laughs> but I was just like, I quote tweeted it and I was like, just to reiterate, Republicans can vote Republican like all the live long day, but they can't fuck me. 
Right, exactly. We understand? Cool. We understand. Yeah, okay, it's great. Pretty, pretty simple, yeah. And then he responded to that and was like, Madonna said that she would give everyone a blowjob if Hillary won the election and that didn't work. So you need to find a different like methodology of getting people to vote. And I was like, oh my, do you actually what? think that I, I think that I'm influencing people to vote <laughs> for Joe Biden by dangling a night with me in front of them? Like, I'm not going to sleep with any of my Twitter followers. Like, this is not an option on the what are you table. Talking about? This is, this is a joke. This is said in jest. Like, no. you think that I'm literally like, you could win one night with me <laughs> to fulfill every fantasy you've ever had by following me on Twitter. All you need to do is show me proof of your ballot that you voted for Joe. Like, for no, Joe. I'm not. I'm not a sex worker. I'm not like trying. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing but I'm not. That's yeah. not what I'm trying to do. Yeah. I'm trying to make a fucking joke on the internet, and I can't yeah. even do that because people are so insufferable right now because everyone's so high strung and just stressed out and it's terrible. Yeah, that reminds me of people when they're like, uh, like a comic tells a joke and people hate it and they're like, but free speech. I'm like, actually, no one's stopping you from doing anything. You're allowed to right. vote Republican. You're allowed to tell, right. you know, I guess, you know, shitty jokes about assault or something. You know, like you're allowed to do whatever you want, but you, you can't, re- you can't control my response to it. Right. You just, <laughs> like, you can't be like, like pouting, like, it's not fair that you said you won't fuck me because I'm a Republican. Republicans are people too. And yeah. it's like, Republicans can be people wherever they want, just away from my, my naked body. That's all I have <laughs> exactly. to say. Like, just stay the fuck away from Carry me. Carry on. Yeah. Carry on. Fuck each other with, in missionary forever. Uh, for, absolutely. For missionary. 10 minutes tops for the rest of your life. Because we all know that's how it We know it's out. six minutes max. 10 minutes includes the time it takes to get undressed, right. get under the three layers of covers, take the decorative duvet off the take bed. Take off your Carhartt, you know, jacket. That's what's true. Put on or right? take off your lace bonnet, depending on your preference. <laughs> bonnet. <laughs> oh, it's a bonnet. When you're a Republican, it's a bonnet. Republicans wear bonnets. This Republicans is, you wear heard bonnet. it here first. <laughs> Breaking news. Um, I, we, you know, we were talking about this prior to the podcast. I've slept with a Republican. I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, so that was that was my yeah. next question because I can honestly say in in full disclosure I have never slept with a Republican ever yeah. in my life. Um, so, how how was it? Uh, it was really good. It was uh <laughs> Really? That's not what I, that's not the answer I predicted. Just light details cuz I actually talked about this person on a prior podcast or a prior episode or whatever, but this was somebody I met on the internet. On oh yeah, that's right. Craigslist. And he was like, my wife wants to see me Who get banged. Who someone on, preg- on Craigslist? A horny. I just said Craigslist, which is like a weird Freudian slip. Horny skanks many years ago. You know, like it was the whole thing. Craigslist was before Grindr. Uh, yeah, the, exactly. Before Grindr showed up. It was the beta Grindr. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, some dude was like, whatever, whatever. My wife wants to see me, you know, get fucked by a guy. And it was like, okay, cool. So I did that. And, um, and then later he friended me on Facebook years later. And then it's all pro-Trump stuff. And he like commented on something of mine recently. I love that he friended you on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, well, That's rich. It's, <laughs> like, it's, it's rich. I want to keep up with, you know, what you're doing and stuff. <laughs> Guy that I've met on a Craigslist ad to try and spice up my marriage. Like they got divorced. I want to know your first your first and last name. And yeah. I want to know what events you're attending. And I want to know when your birthday is. <laughs> and I accepted it. I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. There's um, two Yeah, there's two really deeply confusing elements to that story. <laughs> element one is the fact that he friend requested you on Facebook. And element two is the fact that you accepted that friend request. I was like, oh, yeah, I fucked that guy. Okay. So I re- request um, or accept. And then, you know, it turns out they got divorced. 
Um, but wow, what? I crazy. did not see that coming. Wild. Um, but like I said, <laughs> you commented on something. Oh, remember when I did that, like, um, that Joe Biden and Kamala post that we, you and I talked about? Yeah. I, like the, t- the top model one. He commented on it like, yeah, that's right. Kamala is nothing but this and this and that. And Joe Biden is, tr- you know, trash. And I was like, no, no, no. And you're no, like, no. whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> like, no, no, no. That's not what this is. It's like, it's like girls saying the C word. I'm like, I can say that. Exactly. Yes. I can say that because it's mine, but you can't say that. Yeah. Like, you're not allowed to make fun of them because you're a Republican. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm criticizing them. I'm saying this, this, and that, but I'm going to enthusiastically vote for them. Right. Please, please get out of here. <laughs> like, Oh man, that's Facebook is where happiness goes to die. Oh, Honestly, I hate that website so much. And it's but beginning you know, to infiltrate Instagram and now Instagram is really awful too. You know what? Um I posted my, you know, costume yesterday. I was very proud of it. Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, Instagram didn't didn't flood me with the likes that I thought I was going to get okay. on it. Okay. But you know who had my back? Fucking Facebook. Really? Facebook came through. It's good for something. The only reason I still have a Facebook is because Facebook Marketplace, oh, like yeah, which sure. is like the Facebook Craigslist, is a lot less picked over than the other online like thrifting options. Yeah, totally. And I found some good furniture on there. So I still go on Facebook Marketplace and look for furniture. And that's the only use I have for Facebook at this point. I straight up, straight up don't know most of the people on my Facebook. I'm like, who is this? You know, like I'll, I'll see the stories up top and I'm like, I don't know any of those people. That's how I feel about literally every form of social media. <laughs> I'm, like, what, I'm like, what's happening? How did this? Because I have to accept these people. Well, I have like, so many courtesy follows on like Twitter and Instagram, like people I just it. followed back because I just like felt obligated to out of some sort of social responsibility. People yeah. I know in real life who I don't actually care to keep up on what they're doing, but I like have to, to be a good neighbor, friend, colleague, whatever. And so, yeah, half of my Instagram feed, I'm like, I don't care what you wore for Halloween. I'm such a Scrooge. I'm a shitty. Yeah. You I'm suck, not nice. Claire. Um, but, you know, but just hearkening back to, to the election season, there was one very beautiful shining light of happiness in all of this election coverage this week. And that was Obama hitting, sinking mm-hmm. a three from the corner, a walk off three while he was leaving the gym. In yeah. full street clothes, just like <laughs> casually. Yeah. Um, that's a good then, omen. And then he just talked his shit on the way out too. He's like, that's what I do. That's what I, and I was like, I miss having a president that wasn't a fucking herb. <laughs> like, forget the fact that Donald Trump is such an evil, awful human He's being. He's such a herb. God. Even if he I, was a good person, he would be embarrassing. I hate like, Americans. Why do you want a lame ass president? Like, Come on. You had the sh- the fucking like shaft of presidents. <laughs> yeah. Like he was so cool. He can hit like a walk off three and just be like, like, I'm that guy. Like fucking Anthony Davis talk his shit on the way <laughs> yeah, out of the right. gym. And we had that. And now we have like a sentient fucking ball sack <laughs> who just like embarrasses himself at every turn and i'm just like i'm so sick of being embarrassed like yeah. i forget like how incompetent and just straight up malicious he is he's just also so embarrassing yeah. like i just i i hope and pray that you know shortly after this episode comes out it will be election day and i just mm. i just hope that you know i can go back to hating my president a normal healthy a normal amount, amount you know I just want to go back to, I'm sure I'll be bitching about Joe Biden for four to eight years. And I look forward to that privilege to be able to bitch about him without fearing for my life. And I hope that I'm able to just be like, 
oh man, what a fucking, you know, normal politician just being boring and not being progressive enough for me. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. that's the kind of hate that I expect and hope to have for my president versus like, oh my God, this petulant four-year-old who soiled his <laughs> diaper is has his finger on the nuclear button and I could <laughs> die at any moment. Like, oh no, Trump punched a kid in the face again. You know, again and, like, <laughs> you know, it's just like, and it's just normal we're completely yeah but the kid has special needs this time and it just makes it, so, uh, much it makes worse. so much worse but his poll numbers went up that's the thing it's it's it defies logic he punched the kid and everyone was like we like that the worst part about the timeline we live in is that if you hadn't been following the news for like i don't know 48 to 72 hours you would have no way of knowing if this was satire or if this was us actually talking about a real news event yeah you would have no idea like it's impossible to tell the onion from the actual news news now yeah the stories are so congruent like they're so similar and you know people are often falling for it you know like i've seen a huge spike in people posting onion articles thinking they're real because, because how can you tell the difference because that's reality is stranger than fiction now that's what's up all i can say is i already voted and i will be one of those annoying people phone banking tomorrow aka You're when phone this banking? comes out so oh if you get a phone call it might be me so yeah. be nice to them I um, I hate phone banking with every. Fiber oh, I hate of my it body. so much. I am. I have crazy <laughs> phone anxiety. I every time I've phone banked, I've felt so anxious and like uptight the entire time. Yeah. But I just feel like, if if you know, I knock on wood. I really hope things turn out for the best. But if they don't, like, I'm gonna go back and be like, okay, I just felt too awkward to help. You know, like, I definitely wouldn't be able to live with myself if I didn't at least like try. So. Um, just trying to be a good citizen and whatnot. But one anyway, one time in, can, sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. Yeah. In rural Minnesota, I like did a, I was doing like a door to door survey or some shit for a union mm -hmm. or something like that. And uh, that was the worst hell I've ever known. Um, somebody <laughs> called the cops on me. Oh <laughs> They're like, there's this guy just going door to door. I was like, well, you know, I'm not selling anything. I'm just, at, you know. It's, a lot cool. of, it's not like calling the cops on you like actually endangers your life or anything. Nothing. No, it doesn't. It's totally fine. I'm not in any danger at all times. But, you know, it's freezing cold and whatever. And and phone yeah. making. So compared to that, phone making is great. Right. But I just wanted to reshare re that horror story of trying to engage voters. It no, I mean, I've, I've never enjoyed myself when I'm like, you know, participating in like trying to help an election go one way or another. It's like very not gratifying work because most people are just like so annoyed to hear from you <laughs> yeah. but every once in a while you do talk to someone who's like oh i didn't know that or like oh i actually don't have a way to get to the polls and you're like oh let me help you with that nice. and like that's really that. nice so yeah anyway what i was gonna say is hopefully god willing next time we tape this podcast we won't even have to talk about politics because things will have just gone really well Oof, my <laughs> and god. i'm just gonna put that out into the ether i'm not gonna jinx it i'm just gonna say like Putting that energy out there, I don't want to talk about politics next week, so hopefully we won't have to. My hair just turned that? fully gray. You said that, and like <laughs> literally, it's just white now. I'm 57. Oh, did you go back to Did you go back to 1955 <laughs> in the DeLorean? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say what up to your mom while you're there. <laughs> um, all right, with that, we're gonna call it for the week. Had to I, had to bookend it with an incest. Joke. I was having so much fun that I didn't realize it was almost it was time. Wow, it's look at time that. to go. Oh, say goodbye I we... to fine people, Tolliver. <laughs> goodbye, everyone. Make sure you call your mothers. <laughs> Tell them to vote. Oh yeah, also vote.
and make <laughs> make your mom vote. Yes. She probably already did. She loves yeah. you. Yeah. Bye.